0: Oh get off the table, Fellini. And that's my cat. His name is Jake, not Fellini. I won't have any Enie in this house.
1: Your name is Jake, you understand?
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Quaid in Full, the podcast with all the fox to give about actor Dennis Quaid. I'm your host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm reading and reviewing every single audiovisual property in which Dennis Quaid has ever appeared. It's the finale of Quaid and Fole's inaugural season, so I'm glad we're wrapping it up with a legit minor classic, Breaking Away. I was introduced to Breaking Away by family friends. Somehow, after babysitting for their son one night, I ended up with a VHS cassette on which they'd recorded three movies, Breaking Away, Diner, And a third one that was actually in the middle of the tape that I watched once and then always skipped after that, and I'm almost sure it was The Graduate. Which, nothing against The Graduate, obviously. Of the three, it's probably the one they'll still teach in 200 years when everyone consumes Cinemoylan Green through iPorts or whatever. It just didn't speak to me the way the other two did when I was in my mid-teens. It took me years to see why these films all ended up on a cassette together, if in fact it was deliberate. Lord knows all of our multi-film VHSs were odd-lot double-bills like Pac-Man Christmas and the Patsy Cline biopic Crazy starring Jessica Lange. But Mr. Connon, may he rest, did seem like the type to make sure Like ended up with Like on the movie's caged-from-HBO tape shelf. The label was typewritten, is one piece of evidence there. On the other hand, they didn't seem to mind that I adopted the tape, so who knows. But I did adopt it, and when I was home on weekend nights, which was always, I immersed myself in these stories about, really, the ends of eras. In Diner's case, the end of the 50s, the end of bachelorhood, the end of deciding who to be, and the beginning of being that person. It took me just as many years to see that that's what Diner and Breaking Away were. What I saw at 14 or 15 was a friend group that was a given, which I didn't have, Populated by mostly cute young men, which I couldn't get, with bittersweet but not hopeless conclusions, which I couldn't see from where I was. Anxious, lonely, prone to replaying exchanges and clumsiness endlessly. The sitting around talking these characters took for granted, the pop culture breeze shooting that created these lifelong bonds. It's a big part of why I do what I do in the medium that I do it in.
1: Aren't you glad we got fired from the A.N.P.? I mean, right now, we'd be working. We didn't get fired, Mike. You got fired. We quit. Well, all for one and one for all. You know, there ain't many places that are gonna hire all four of us. You know what I'd like to be? Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Cartoon of some kind. Wouldn't that be great? You know, like uh, like when they get hit on the head with a frying pan or something, and then their head looks like the frying pan with the handle and everything. And then they go boing, and their head comes back to normal. Wouldn't that be great?
0: These stories aren't about the safety and security of the people you've known forever. They're about how some forevers end, and you have to make other arrangements. And mostly it's uncomfortable, but also mostly it's doable. Breaking Away specifically is about one young man's quest to define himself, in contrast to the university that dominates his hometown, to the friends whose ambitions or lack of them no longer match up with his own, to the father who finds him baffling at best. Here's one of the more concise plot summaries from IMDb. Quote, Dave and his working class friends Cyril, Moocher, and Mike spend their post-high school days in Bloomington, Indiana, sparring with snooty students from the local university, chasing girls, and, in Dave's case, dreaming of competitive bicycle racing. The four friends face opposition from all comers as they decide to make Dave's dreams come true in the university's annual bicycle endurance race. End quote. That's from J. Welch, 5742. And while I thank J. Welch, For their yeoman service, that last sentence isn't exactly accurate, I'm afraid. The race in question is a little 500, and the university is actually eager to invite a townie team, cutters, as they're called, because the locals historically work at a local quarry, to join the race. It's Dave who's reluctant to participate, at least at first. When we meet him, he's a rabid Italophile generally, and specifically about Italian cycling. Everyone in his life, with the exception of his father, is tolerant and accepting of his obsession, and he's apparently winning a lot of these bike races he's always entering, so it's not like Dave's entirely delusional. And at least one of his friends may envy Dave's focus, unusual though it may be. Cyril, played by future Diner star Daniel Stern in his first screen role, seems content to gangle about making jokes. And Jackie Earl Haley's moocher has two interests— his fiance, Nancy, and fighting anyone who calls him Shorty. But former high school QB Mike, that's Dennis Quaid, is searching for something. He doesn't know it, and if he did, he wouldn't want to be, but he is.
1: You know, I used to think I was a really great quarterback in high school. I still think so, too. Can't even bring myself to light a cigarette because I keep thinking I gotta stay in shape. Oh, come on, come on. You know what really gets me, though? I mean, here I am, I gotta live in this stinking town, and I gotta read in the newspapers about some hot shot kid, new star of the college team. Every year is gonna be a new one. Every year is never gonna be me. I'm just gonna be Mike. 20-year-old Mike. 30-year-old Mike. Oh, mean, old man, Mike. These college kids out here, they're never going to get old. Or out of shape. Because new ones come along every year. They're going to keep calling us cutters. For them is just a dirty word. For me is just something else I never got a chance to be.
0: Mike's insistence that they all stick together, still, for everything, is starting to cause tension anyway, but Dave's real issue with riding in the Little 500 with his friends is that the college girl he's wooed by pretending he's an Italian exchange student named Enrico will find out he's nothing of the sort. Yeah, sure. Uh, look, Mike, I'm gonna be working that day, okay? Working? Yeah. I'm gonna get a job.
1: By yourself? Yeah, I need the money. Hey, hey, thanks a lot, Dave. That's really great. You're a real pal, you know that? I bet you won't be working on the day of the Italian race. Mike, the time comes when we just all have to go our own ways, you know? Oh, you're a real adult, aren't you? B-Town boy grows up.
0: It's going to happen sometime.
1: Oh, yeah. Is that what Nancy says? You can just leave her out of this. Just shut up, would you? I wasn't talking to you in the first place. Hey, well, I don't give a goddamn. You're not the quarterback here, Mike. Well, at least I was once. Which is a hell of a lot better than being a midget all my life.
0: Cut it out.
1: Just cut it out.
0: And Dave has wooed Kath away from a dude named Rod, who of course is played by Hart Bachner, a.k.a. Ellis, in Die Hard. It's hard to convey without the visual how well the scene you're about to hear evokes glib sexism and galling privilege, but let's just say Ellis is driving a Mercedes convertible and mansplaining some shit to a freshman girl. So you're on the swimming team, huh?
1: Yep. Breaststroke. it up! Cutters. What a cutters. Town.
0: Everything about it, the gathering dusk around the gleaming bends, the goofy fern bar music, the breaststroke comment works together perfectly to set Rod apart from Dave, Mike, and the other cutters. And it turns out the things Dave wants to be a part of instead don't want him. When the Cenzano cycling team comes to Indianapolis, Dave is holding his own with the Italians during a local road race until he forcibly isn't. His lady friend, Kath, isn't interested in a working class American boy who gets along with his parents. And going into the family used car business probably isn't going to work out either since he gives his dad the vapors by offering a dissatisfied customer his money back. I literally am not capable of saying the word refund any other way than how Paul Dooley pronounces it here, or one single time, because of the following sequence. Refund! Refund! Are you crazy? Refund! 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 Refund!
1: Easy, easy,
0: easy, Refund. 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 I've ruined everything. Dave puts aside his various identity crises to fix up a crappy bike Mike got and carry the cutters into the little 500, and everything works out okay. Which might sound dismissive, but what Breaking Away manages to do along several genre axes is impressive because it's so contained. It's a coming-of-age story that avoids cliche and tweeness because Dave's cultural aspirations are both specific and fairly successful, and not unique just for the sake of it. It's a sports movie, kind of, and while it follows predictable beats in that regard, the race itself is shot extremely skillfully. It's probably not a surprise that what amounts to a long chase is so well done by director Peter Yates, who also directed Bullet. And it's the scenes from the class struggle movie, but dimensioned. We're not supposed to hate all the students, just Rod and even he has a couple moments of redemption. I'm thinking in particular of the scene when he and Mike have a swim-off at the quarry. Mike is badly beaten and already kind of flailing, and launches himself at the finish line rock and cracks his head open, then launches himself back into open water. He's about to go down, and the others have to leap in and tow him to shore as Rod watches. Dismayed at the competitiveness curdled into self-loathing, that he can't imagine experiencing firsthand. It's a nice bit of acting from Bachner. And Robin Douglas, who plays Katarina, doesn't have the most impressive CV. Her last IMDb credit is nearly 30 years old. But based on the scene when she finds out who Enrico really is, it's hard to understand why. She's working through the information, and you can see her thinking about asking why, her lips forming the W. And then she realizes why and hates herself and the world for the reason and for the outcome. And it's really good. The four main dudes are all solid. Dennis Christopher as Dave is so natural in both his awkwardness and his assuredness on the bike. And both at once in the serenade scene. I used to think this performance was a little rough, but it's grown on me. You believe him. Breaking Away is very good. It's paced well, thoughtful about its relationships, and it earns its satisfactions. I probably haven't done a great job breaking down the plot in this review, but I've lived with this movie for so long that it's like reviewing a cousin for the letter H. Those things aren't perfect, but they're part of our lives. So this one gets a nine. And now to the Quedocity. Breaking away is pure and almost uncut, quaid, visually. He's shirtless a lot, and his abs are so tight they look drawn onto him. This is, just so we're clear, not a complaint. There's also a lot of tight, dirty Levi's, the casual flexing of a triceps while driving a muscle car, and, of course, the teeny shorts he's obliged to wear for the race scenes. This is the film that birthed my crush on Dennis Quaid, despite the fact that his character is kind of a mess, but a mess in that lost and hurting way that is catnip to a teen girl sometimes. The clip we heard earlier in which Mike talks about the taunting fountain of youth that is the ever-renewing crop of college football players is not the most credible in terms of the writing or, frankly, the accent, although he's not the only cast member who thinks Indiana is the Deep South. Quaid does not entirely sell the concept that Mike would say these things in this way, but he does convince you that Mike feels these things in this way. Mike might be a Quaidier character if he hadn't articulated that stuff somewhat ruefully up top. In the rest of the movie where he's looking for a fight, fuming and he's not sure why, injuring himself in an attempt to prove his manhood or his existence... That kind of blockheady charging around seems very Quaidish. He's fully formed and immediately recognizable in breaking away. And while the sexy grin thing is not required, Quaid is a lead in this, if not the lead. And it's the first line in his CV where people have heard of it and he's in it for more than 90 seconds. It's not his best or most typical performance necessarily, but I would argue it's where Quaid, as we have since come to understand him, begins and that gets it an eight either of these scores on its own would probably put breaking away in the lead for the season as it stands with them combined this is both the best and the quadiest entry of season one by far tying for crappiest first season honors are the seniors and our winning season and crazy mama was the least quatish of the lot and the overall least valuable player of Quaid and Full's first season is our winning season. I hope this season of Quaid and Full was a winning one. Season two of the podcast, focusing on the early 80s, will be getting underway in a few weeks with The Long Riders. In the meantime, check out the show notes for links to the film and contemporary reviews. And follow the podcast on Twitter at Quaid in Full Pod. Or you can holler at me for a refund, refund. Wondering where your favorite Quaid joint is in the queue or want to advertise? DMs are open. Quaid in Full is written, edited, and hosted by me, Sarah D. Bunting. Don't subscribe yet? You've ruined everything. Just kidding, but subscribe on your preferred podcast app. And if you don't mind, rate and review Quaid in Full so other people can find it. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.
1: adult, aren't you?